Fire. You're listening to the only podcast that admits they might know what they're talking about. Well, then, fuck that much. I'm ready. This is We Might Know Sports. Come on! With Stefan. Fuck failure. Kevin. Don't listen to Stefan in his prep rules. And Corey. Sounds like something a guy in a van would tell me. I think it's going to work this time. No forget Jesus, people! Where are we at in society today? Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I don't, I don't think they care what you like. I don't know if he sucks. He sucks. <laughs> I don't, know if, I don't know if he sucks. You have Alan Robinson, Taylor if, Gabriel, and Trey Burton, and you suck. I don't know if he sucks. You suck. He's not getting the job done <laughs> right now. Okay. It's time! And here we go. Wait, wait. wait. Trubisky sucks. All right, that was 10 seconds. YouTube's going to get some money for DMX, but you know what? We get like one view, and that's Corey. That's what we discovered last week while Stefan was not here. I, did, uh, as did any always, of you catch the DMX uh, Snoop Dogg versus battle? I did not. Is that something I should look up? They play their 20 what they choose. Each artist picks their 20 best songs or their 20 songs of their liking. And they go head to head whose song is better all the way down. Um, the general consensus was that Snoop won by a landslide. Snoop versus DMX, you said? Yeah, versus battle. I mean, it'll probably be hours long because I imagine playing 40 songs is, takes a while. That's a lot. Stupid ads. All right, whatever. I'll look it up after. The a lot of people said it was about 11 to 9 or 15 to 5 in between that range. All right. Well, someday I'll have a new open. Someday. I keep promising these things, but you know what? Busy. All right. Well, today it's Stefan, Kevin, and Corey show. I just read that backwards for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, but we have a lot to talk about in the world of sports. We actually have sports to talk about. Again, this is a what, little bit. Three we podcasts had in a row. Now they're disappearing. Hey, <laughs> they're coming back. Uh, let's see here. Stuff's going on in the NBA. Tampa Bay is in first place in Major League Baseball. Um, what's going on in NASCAR? Let's get to let's get to the real meat and potatoes with NASCAR. What's oh, going on there? You know, I got a. Uh, I was going through my archives on my iPhone, and somewhere the NASCAR theme song still exists. I'll bring that back for the chase. <laughs> when I, back when I was a gamer and I had a system. I had NASCAR and I'd play the real full races and just sit on the fucking six Nintendo 64 for three hours completing a full race. Well, you should get a system and we should all get NASCAR and we can fuck up some NASCAR shit. Dude, I already have NASCAR I, Heat I 4. Have, I have two little girls. You think I have three hours to sit down and do something? Uh, yeah. I don't have three, I don't, 
don't know, three hours. I guess after 8 30 every night. I was going to say he barely has an hour and a half, Stefan. <laughs> you got plenty of time. You just started, you started your own podcast. You got plenty of time, man. <laughs> don't act like you don't. To be fair, he also he does the same thing. He just shows up, he talks, and then I'm sure Samantha does all the editing. So Samantha does do all the editing. <laughs> or he's just a talent. That's what he is. Yeah. <laughs> And his talent ain't editing and producing. <laughs> nope. I will say our AFC preview was a lot better because Corey knows what to talk about, like to start the conversation about teams. So that's why I kind of wanted Corey here because I remember doing an NFL preview with Stefan and us both being like, um, so yeah, this team. <laughs> yeah, that's probably how it would have gone again, too. Yeah, that's why I wanted Corey, because at least I can like pull up what he's talking about and then discuss it. So. Right. <laughs> so, NASCAR, Stefan, how you feeling? I feel great, honestly. You got you like, still are holding on in this position when I had shit at the end of the year. I feel good. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, so did I, but I did have Elliot, and that, that was yeah, huge. Yeah, Chase Elliott. You got Austin Dillon, who's like a pretty decent driver. He can get, he can get a win. I know you, you listened in on the show, Stefan, last time uh, we did it, and these were our picks going into this like two weeks ago. And I think we both picked a solid – restrictor place racer yeah and that left us questioning who you were going to take and we we talked on sunday your options i was just curious do you have a decision on all your options yeah take us through the thought process man you know what you know honestly honestly Stefan, you said out of out of my last three these two drivers you didn't even pick you didn't even mention them i don't think who Buescher and who you're about to take? When you said, yeah, Buescher and Priest. No, there's Priest, Buescher. Oh. From yeah, I didn't... three, you said I should that it was McDowell, Bell, and, and Bubba Wallace. Oh, and Wallace. Yeah. I, uh, Buescher, I totally uh, forgot. Personally, I wouldn't have ever taken Priest. I know both of you did. You both got a 12. But honestly, for, have... that, for that race, though. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want to take Priest personally. I didn't want to touch I know, him. No, but for that race for, with Priest, though, like I think he, out of all those people that he could have or that I could have taken, he was like one of like the better ones. Better, yeah. I mean, that's the worst week I think I've ever seen us have as a group. So I think like even like Bell finished bad. Yeah, well, he, he did. He was down. a fifteen. Kevin got a fifteen out of Bell. I got a fourteen out of Kenseth, and you got a twelve out of Priest. You didn't lose much. You lost three points. <laughs> Right. That's no biggie. I just didn't want to touch Priest, but like I said, I also had the benefit. I was telling Kevin in the last podcast, I got to use Kyle Larson. You guys never did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's an okay driver. Even though he only was a 16, at least I used a name instead of having to go to junk. Like Ty Dillon. Like Ty Dillon. <laughs> the one thing that is surprising me, Kevin and I was going to bring this up once Stefan does his pick is we will each 
have had a driver that the other two did not take this year. Yeah. Yeah, because if if you're going with Stenhouse, you did not take Buescher. You guys did not take Larson. Um, we didn't take Ty Dillon. Who all. did you use? Oh, you used Ty Dillon. That's who it is. You yeah. used Ty Dillon. No one took him. I took Larson. No one took him. And Stefan took somebody, I think. Maybe not. Maybe that's not accurate. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> Almost. Almost. Unless he goes way left and takes Danica Patrick or something. Damn, how'd you know? She did just make an announcement that she's coming back. One race and one race only. The race for Stefan. She's got time. She's got time with no Aaron Rodgers by her side now. Yeah. It's okay. That guy was just extra baggage. He's turning into a dumpster fire of a football player, too. I was oh, trying Jesus. to find like results on on NASCAR.com and it's just like that. So oh. while Stefan's searching, Kevin, what's your thought process between Buescher and Stenhouse Jr., both good restrictor plate drivers? Actually, I And you took... saw that I got a thirty a thirty seven <laughs> out of Buescher last time I took him at Daytona. You know I didn't realize I hadn't taken Buescher. <laughs> I'm just wondering. Mainly. Okay. You can still change, right? You can. Let's do a quick look see here. I feel like hmm. I mean Butcher's won a race before, but so has Stenhouse. And I think Stenhouse has won at a restrictor plate race and Buescher has not, even though he's good at him. <laughs> yeah, I feel like McDowell and Bell like both have like not been racing well here at the end. Not as of late. Although, I mean, just five races ago, I took Bell and got a 36. That's what I'm saying. Like he, but, and then Kevin took McDowell. He got like a decent score from him, didn't he? Yeah, but that's, that's just because he does... He does well on road courses. That's why I took him there. He did do well there too. What was it? I looked at the his driver averages for that race, or not for that race. Honestly, obviously, Stefan in this in this last stretch, I thought the biggest disappointment for you was Custer. Yeah, that was a bad one. Because like he's actually a really good rookie and has right. been lately. And Scout and I basically got 30s, a 30 and a 29. For you to only get a 17 out of them, that was a bummer. Yeah, I was expecting a, a, a much bigger score from him. I was thinking at least 25. Yeah. You know? hmm. It's the top 16 that go into the chase, right? Correct. I think I like... McDowell's actually fighting for a spot. That's why I thought uh, Stefan might take him. Yeah. 
because he's only like three out or something, maybe four out. But I thought Wallace is right there too. No, McDowell's twenty third. So oh, he fell. He's tied oh, with Stenhouse. Stefan said he's been doing poor lately. So yeah. So here's my thinking though, because Buescher and Stenhouse Jr. are my Did two you say options. Thirteen? How many? What? He's in twenty third. I know who makes the playoffs. Sixteenth. That's sixteenth. So I think Jimmy Johnson's fighting for a spot to get in. I know none he's, of us can take him. He's in fifteenth. Oh, he he's in. He well, he's on the bubble. Okay. Like, I mean, Reddick. Are you is, on ESPN? Yeah. I'm on NASCAR. Uh-huh. I'm looking at NASCAR right now. Um, but go back to my decision on Stenhouse Jr. Buescher came in third, but he ne- he didn't lead any laps. While Stunhouse Jr. came in, what place was it? He came in like 14th, but he led 32 laps. So that's why I'm. Yeah, I think Stunhouse was actually in the very beginning to start the year. Stunhouse was up there, like third or second, and he crashed at the very end, like he normally does. Yeah. Because he races so freaking hard. So. I'm going with the hope and prayer that he doesn't crash at this point. And the pick is in. Surprise. Where is he starting? He was one of my my last three drivers I wanted to use. So yeah, I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna stick with that gut feeling. Let's see if I can find the starting grid for Daytona. I think it's funny if if Stefan and I didn't have wins, Kevin would be winning this year. Yep. Got to get those wins, Kevin. Did Stefan get really quiet on you, Corey, or is that just me? No, he got quiet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you blocked your mic somehow, putting something over or something. Good now. Uh, no. Literally did nothing. Yeah, all right. <laughs> maybe maybe your laptop's, like, overcompensating for your, your empty, echoey room or something. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I can hear you. It's not like it's... It's quieter than what it was. Let's see here. Buescher is starting in 17th. Stenhouse. Bell is starting in 23rd. McDowell, 26. Stenhouse starting in 31. Great. Where's uh, Dylan? Dylan is 12th. So. We'll see how that works out. <laughs> uh, all right. This has been the year of Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick, by the way. Kevin Harvick, seven wins. Denny Hamlin, six. They've dominated NASCAR this year. Do we think that I'm going to pull this off or not? What'd you say, Stefan? Do we think he's going to pull it off? Oh, do I think you're going to pull it off? I mean, that's all I wanted was a chance, and I've got a chance to win it right here. You do. And you... 
Actually, I'm really surprised that these are the three drivers we have left. I thought it was going to be really bad. But <laughs> Austin Dillon is definitely better than Stenhouse and Bell, but anything can happen at Daytona, so I'm not confident. So, yeah, I think you guys have a chance. It's all about that big wreck. Right. If, Do- if Dylan gets caught up in that wreck early, it's over. I'm going to be in last. Unless we all get wrecked. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Actually, I think it's Saturday. If that date's accurate, I believe the 29th is Saturday. Let's find out for sure. Yeah, it is. Yep, Daytona is Saturday. Okay. Oh, no. Yep. <coughs> oh, sorry. So, there it is. There you have it. Dylan Stenhouse Bell with uh, Stefan holding on to a one-point lead. All for 150 or zero bonus points going into this. Right. Huh? Oh, 100 for the, for the chase. 150 or zero. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah, with last year's exception. With last year's exception of 250s. Yeah. Which could happen. In, oh, no. We killed that yeah we came up with the tiebreakers <laughs> i hold i hold the tiebreakers either way so yeah Stefan and i tie i'm good well it also works for second place too yeah which technically Stefan has all right let's go to the nba oh no has anybody been watching? Not really. A little bit of the uh, stuff. Game, but other than that, I haven't really caught too much of it. But I have been following. We... You have been. We following? anybody surprised by anything going on? Uh, I thought Sixers would have put up a better fight, even without uh, Ben Simmons. Well, they they got rid of Brett Brown, so. Yeah, was that really the problem? Probably not. I did find it interesting that the Pacers gave their head coach an extension and then they ended up canning him two weeks later. There's definitely some players that are that are really hot in the bubble, and Jimmy Butler's one of them. Pretty surprised with how the Thunder came back on the Rockets. Thought that game was going to be a wash, and you were over there talking about that the Thunder were sneaky good, and I was I didn't really get it. Proved you right. Yeah, now they got me all nervous because I. With Harden being my favorite active player, I really 
hate the stigma that he sucks in the playoffs, but if the Thunder beat him in the opening round, it continues. I get if he loses to the Lakers, which is the most likely outcome, but I really didn't want him to lose to the Thunder. And Chris Paul will be more than pleased if he can beat his old team in the opening round. You know, it would be crazy if, if somehow the Thunder, after losing these three literally superstar players that they drafted, <laughs> <laughs> finally win the championship without those three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was... um most surprised I think but I picked the Jazz to beat the Nuggets but when they jumped up 3-1 I was really surprised now that it's 3-2 it's more of a dog fight but um, I I, I didn't realize the Jazz were going to make it look as easy as it has I also didn't realize that uh, I think I didn't realize who was on the Jazz honestly I didn't realize they had Conley now Oh, that's what you guys forgot. Because that's why I thought they'd beat the Nuggets. Because I was like, Murray can't. Murray's good, but Conley's a great defender, and it's going to be tough. Yeah, I, it would have to be up to Jokic, I thought, to dominate. Still, just like Gobert, uh, what's his face, Spider there. Yep, Mitchell. Yeah. And that white guy Ingles is a good shooter. Yeah, Joe Ingles. They have a good squad. How good the Nuggets were last year, and I was like, so I just banked the Nuggets, and I realized that the Jazz added Conley. I thought the biggest surprise for the Nuggets this year has been Michael Porter Jr. being good. I didn't realize he was was good. His last, his rookie year, he sat out. We didn't get to see him. This is his rookie year. I was going to say, we didn't get to see him play in Missouri either. Right. I was kind of doubting the hype because he was the number one kid out of high school and then the number one, you know, recruit for Missouri. And I was doubting the the hype, but it's real. He's really good. Sometimes I don't like to believe that stuff because the last big hype I remember was Harry Giles being the number one high schooler and Duke took him and he didn't get to play at Duke, kind of like Kyrie Irving. He played like two games, sat out the rest of the season, got drafted in the top ten by the Kings, and became a nobody. I don't even think he's in the league. Who was that? Harry Giles. Oh, yeah. I don't know if he's in the league anymore. I mean, it's happened before. There was a kid. It was like a big debate who was the best high schooler, Josh Selby. Or Avery Bradley. Josh Selby was the number one. He got picked up by Kansas. He was really good. And Avery Bradley was at Texas, kind of under the radar. And obviously people know who Avery Bradley is, and most people I don't think know who Josh Selby is. Right. It's weird how that can how I mean, they had the number one and number two probably right that year, but how different paths that those two players can take. It happens all the time. What do we think about Luca dominating the bubble? 
3-2. Yeah. Yeah, the Clippers came back game six, game uh, five, excuse me, and dominated. That was the game that Luka got hurt and then Luka came back, right? For game five? Luka came back for game five, yeah, and they got crushed. No, I saw Luka won, it, won that game. Game four, he hit the game winner. Game five, the Clippers won like 154 to 112. Stefan, I'm going to try something with your audio. Uh, I'm going to mute you and then just unmute yourself. Nah, it's the same. All right. Thought I'd give it a shot. <clears throat> it is weird. I could hear him perfectly fine, and now he's really quiet. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't really change anything. So I don't know what. Did it move my computer into me? Damn Zoom. All right. <laughs> Thought I'd give it a shot. So after seeing all the teams, before we get off the NBA, who do you guys like to go to the championship? If there's a championship. If there's one. I'm kind of back on the original favorites now that I've seen everything play out, to be honest. Looks like it's going to be Lakers-Bucks. Clippers-Bucks. Still like them. I don't like the Clippers because Paul George is not consistent. Yeah, but they have Kawhi. Yeah, they do. And he's probably... The Claw is probably the best player in the league, but... The Claw... I hope it's something weird like Jazz Celtics, like something more interesting. I really don't think the Celt- or the Bucks are like that unbeatable. I don't either. R.I.P. Lenny Fabian. Who? Stefan shirt. Oh. <laughs> uh, he was he went to school with us. I was just wondering where that came from after yeah. the shirt. <laughs> Talking about NBA and all of a sudden I was just like Lenny Fabian. I was like If you know, you know. If you know, you, you know. know. I don't know. So you're sticking with Clippers, Bucks. You're going Lakers, Bucks. I'm gonna say Lakers, Celtics. Lakers, Celtics. Oh, lied. Clippers, Celtics. Mm. Lakers, Celtics. The NBA would love. Would be. Right. We always love the Lakers, Celtics. Right. One of the more historic rivalries. I went to this uh, sports store recently, and. Uh, I almost shot a picture of a shirt. They had some really cool John Morant like merch now. Yeah. Yeah. They're calling them like it says John Morant, but the J, the A, the M are all capitalized. So it's like Jam Morant. Oh, nice. It's got like, it's got like photos of him like in the background. It was like a collage of all his crazy ass dunks. 
Yeah. And I was like, that is a sweet ass shirt. <laughs> but I'm not like some huge Morant fan, so I didn't want to be a poser. But the shirt was cool. I mean, yeah, you could have bought it for me. <laughs> I know. I could, I almost <laughs> did. I like that shirt is really sweet. <laughs> Ooh, I forgot. I wanted to talk a little college football with you guys. So, <laughs> if you want to do that next, are we? Do, is there college football? Uh, just a couple of headlines, um, that I heard today that I was like, "Ooh, that's be fun to talk about." First, uh, one about Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney is taking a ten percent pay cut because of the COVID-19 pandemic, everyone in the athletic department is taking a 10% pay cut that makes more than 400,000 annually. Dabo. Dabo makes the most out of all college football coaches. Uh, I believe it's 9.7 million or something like that. Something insane. His reduction will be of... A total of six hundred eighty-seven thousand five hundred dollars, which is more than twenty-five head coaches in the sub bowl division. <laughs> that's a lot of money, though. Still, like yes. I, I know he makes nine million, but either way, that's a lot of money to to give up. He will be making like seven something, so I'm not too heartbroken over. I'm sure he'll get that back in some kind of sponsorship. I'm sure he will. I'm just saying that is like kind of hefty the big chunk of change actually yeah. nine out of the 10 coaches on the staff will be taking pay cuts just to give you some kind of perspective <laughs> the only one that just won't let you be... know that clemson pays their guys yeah the next highest paid coach is two million uh offensive coordinator what's his face there i can't think of his name i should, uh, I should brent laugh. venables Or, excuse me, defensive coordinator. Excuse me. Uh, and then the other one I wanted to talk to you guys about was Urban Meyer talking about how Ohio State is not playing this fall. It, and I want you to notice there's a word in here that's going to pique your attention. Remember, we're talking about student athletes. And his quote was, there's no other profession where your employees or the young, the people you lead, you go into their homes when they're 17 years old, hug their families and promise them you're going to take care of their kids. In corporate America, you don't do that. You just hire people in athletic administration or even university administration. You don't do that. Kind of, kind of interesting how he called them employees at first, and then quickly backpedaled into or the people you lead. <laughs> That's because before everyone seems to be okay with the normalization of paying players, like it was like this dirty secret that Urban Meyer was getting all these good players in Florida and Ohio State because he was paying them, mm. and. To me, now seeing everything, even for whatever reason, I had this like aura or this mystique about Coach K that he was above that. And he obviously wasn't either. So now I'm just under the assumption they're all doing it. Yeah. Once it came to light that he did it to get Zion, 
it's just I just think everyone's doing it. Just whoever has the biggest wallet. Yeah. Ooh. This also just popped up. Eight Nebraska football players are suing the Big Ten over the decision to postpone the season. So we'll see how that works out for them. I don't think it's going to change much. Yeah, probably not. But they are suing for breach of contract for not following governing documents under which athletes are third-party beneficiaries. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. All right. How do we want to do this preview? Did we want to start with the north, go west, and then do our divisions? Uh, yeah, we can do that. I'll I'll start start it off, I guess. Yeah. Let's start with a team that I really don't care much about, but Stefan might have a little bit of interest. Uh, how about uh, presumably the Nick Foles-led Bears? Ooh. That's the only reason why I'm going to say Stefan holds interest. Nick Foles. Is he on the team now? I didn't even know he was on that team. Yeah, he got traded. That's why you have me, Stefan. That's why we're. Um... <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, need so you got... to tell me. I need you to update on me. I'm gonna. Stuff. I'm gonna tell you all the players. All right. Well, not all of them because I need some in my back pocket for fantasy. But all right. Uh, you got Nick Foles, presumably the <laughs> start. Just gonna have get another second place vision. Cur- <laughs> currently listed as second on the depth chart, but. Right. Yeah, but the rumors from the beat writers in Chicago is Nick Foles has taken the lead. Uh, David Montgomery was the starter, but today it came out. He pulled his groin. He's going to be out two to four weeks. Don't draft him. Uh, Tariq Cohen now becomes the starter, but he hasn't proven to be much of an every down back, so their backfield becomes a mess. Allen Robinson is your receiver, along with Ted Ginn Jr. and Anthony Miller. Is uh, Alan Robinson any good? I don't. I don't. I know. <laughs> and then uh, Corderell Patterson is a new addition to the Bears. He's more of a special teams player. Also, if you guys wondered where uh, big old Jimmy Graham is, he's with the Bears. For now, and that that rounds out mm-hmm. the offense. Uh, with that roster, what do you guys think for the Bears this year? What are we looking at? They still got uh who else? Is, who's there on their defense? Is it Cleo Mack? Yeah. Khalil, the, the head of their defense, I think most people would say, are Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack leading their uh, defensive line. And then they got a good linebacker core with Rokon Smith and Danny Trevathan. They also have Kyle Fuller at cornerback. And they have Kyle Fuller at corner, yeah. They have a good defense. We know that about the Bears, but their yeah. offense has a little bit to be just, Yeah. With no run game and Nick Foles having to just – I don't know. With no run game, I might put Mitch in there because he can run a little bit. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky sucks. That is ringing true. All right? Um, I don't care lost. if he got the job done for one year. He lost yeah. a lot of close games. Uh, let's see here. One, two, three. Uh, we won't call that four. Five. Five games decided by a possession. So 
five losses, I should say, decided by possession, and they finished eight and eight. So I'm looking at them honestly to go backwards a little bit. You think? I say nine and seven. I say ten, and I think they're. I say seven and nine. All right, so if we average our totals together, they're eight and eight. (laughs) (laughs) No, not much difference. All right, let's move on to a team who always has the talent but doesn't seem to get the job done, much like Mitch Trubisky. Uh, The Detroit Lions. Are we going to call them our dark horse? Uh, They got Matthew Stafford. I don't know. Can't commit (laughs) <laughs> I don't know how healthy he's going to be coming off the broken back, but he's there. Uh, the big news, DeAndre Swift getting injured. And also, on Johnson, even though he's healthy, uh, fantasy draft alert, he's choosing to wear a knee brace, which tells me he's not playing with a whole lot of confidence in his legs. Uh, then you got as your receivers, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola. That's a really good core with TJ Hawkinson looking to have a breakout second year. Uh, by the way, no tight end in history other than coach Mike Ditka. Ditka. Has no tight end has ever had a thousand yards receiving. So TJ Hawkinson having around a 400 yard receiving rookie year is nothing new. Uh, so look out, look for the breakout. Um, defense is your same old. They actually have a pretty good defense with their rookie Jeff Okuda at corner, matched up with Tracy Walker, who was a breakout safety last year, and then Jamie Collins and Gerard Davis at your as your linebackers, and also new pickup Trey Flowers from the Patriots, a very good defensive end. How are we liking this team? A lot of talent. But to me, Coach Patricia sucks. They went three, four, and one before Stafford hurt himself. Or didn't hurt himself, but got hurt. So I'm going to say they improve by winning two more games. But I don't see anything positive about this team. I don't see anything positive until Patricia's gone. So I'm going to say they're six and ten. Although they are playing Washington for their NFC East team. Yeah, I'm just going to stick with five. What did they finish last year? Three, 12 and one. Three, 12 and one. So they didn't win any without Stafford? Correct. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Blow wasn't just wasn't getting the job done. <laughs> I say seven and nine. Wow. Going with those high, high hopes. Huh? <clears throat> they got a lot of talent. It's really sad that they're as bad as they are. I just feel like mismanagement by the head coach. It is. That that roster should be a winning team. It's, it's really it a shame. For a few years. It was, yeah. And I watching the Aaron Rodgers interview that I brought up to you guys where I didn't know that he was a big office fan. He said he views Matthew Stafford as his biggest competition. Like if he had a rival, he picked really? Stafford. And the guy goes, that's interesting because you've played the Seattle Seahawks six times in your career. And each time they've had Russell Wilson and you're three and three. And you guys have had some pretty memorable games. 
especially the one, the catch that wasn't uh, last year in the playoffs, Seahawks. Right. Uh, and he goes, yeah, me and Russ have good matchups, but I mean, I've played Matt a lot more and he's super talented. Yes. He also has that ridiculous Hail Mary against the <laughs> Detroit Lions. Yeah. I just thought it was an interesting answer. And I think that's the common uh, consensus around the league is Matthew Stafford is super talented, but for just whatever reason, stay. Detroit is a shithole. <laughs> he's a great fantasy sleeper, always. He's always worth the late round flyer because he always seems to be there and always puts up huge stats. It's just sad because I love Detroit's uniforms, too. <laughs> All right, moving on to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. We got Aaron Rodgers as the starter. Aaron Jones had a huge breakout year, but A.J. Dillon, the rookie, is making big noise in camp. Uh, looking like Aaron Jones may be relegated to a third down back receiving back type role. Very interesting what's going on there. Your receiving core that Green Bay decided not to put any effort into this year. Devontae Adams, followed by Alan Lazard, who when he finally had a huge snap share, which were the last two games of the season last year, he became a top 20 receiver. Um, the wide receiver three is up in the air. No one knows. It's between, I can't say this guy's first name, but it's Equinemius St. Brown or Valdez Scantling. They're uh, in a big war for it. A lot of people like St. Brown. Equanimous? I don't know what to say. Their defense also has a lot to be desired, but they did make the move and getting Christian Kirksey, who was a great linebacker for the Browns for a while, just can't stay healthy. Uh, Preston Smith, also a good linebacker. But other than that, they need help. Their team, to me, is not great. So what do you guys see for them? I don't after, see 13 and three top, after being a 13 and three team last year. Yeah. Well, I'll say 10 and six. I'm totally on board with that. I see regression. Definitely uh, regression. <clears throat> I see. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to low ball. I'm going to go eight and eight. Let's see here. Let's, let's hear how it's pronounced. Aquanimous. Aquanimous. There you go. Aquanimous St. Brown. <laughs> okay. So that leaves us with the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, um, we know we know my love for their quarterback uh, begins with Kirk Cousins, who sucks. Uh, Delvin. What? Nothing. Hmm? Go ahead. What was that? Sorry. Okay. Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Sucks. <laughs> and then uh, Delvin Cook, who is good when healthy. Sucks. Uh, Adam Thielen, good when healthy. And they lost uh, Stefan Diggs, so they're making it up with Justin Jefferson, the rookie out of LSU. And I... Right now, they have B.C. Johnson listed as the third, but rumor is Tajay Sharp will take that over. Uh, the tight end core, they're going to do two tight end sets all season, they said. So there isn't a starter. It will be Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith Jr. 
Irv Smith Jr. being the more reliable and better tight end last year. So what, what do we like, guys, for the Minnesota Vikings who are kind of the fate, I think, are the favorites going into this season to win that division with Green Bay's regression? I'm going to style 11 and 5. Yeah, well, you love Captain Kirk for no apparent their, reason. Their schedule's not doing them any favors, though. I think the way it's set up, they start off with Green Bay and then our dark horse, the Indianapolis Colts. And then they go to Tennessee, or they don't go to Tennessee. Tennessee comes with them. And then Houston at Seattle and then versus Atlanta. Honestly, looking at their schedule, because they're playing the NFC West. And the AFC South. Yeah, I could see them go 10 and 6. Someone's got to win the div- – I guess a tiebreaker could happen with them and the Packers. I- I'm going to go yeah. 10 and 6. I mean, uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't see more than 10 for this team this year. I have a serious question about uh, Green back to Green Bay. Just posing something to talk about here. Oh, yeah. if, if Aaron Rodgers really does start to struggle and so do the Packers as a whole, do they really sit him and put out Jordan Love and see what they got, or are they still just ride with Rodgers until the season's over? So you're saying they're out of playoff contention? Let, well, let's say, yeah, let's say they start – uh, yeah, they're out of playoff contention. You got five games left. Does Jordan Love see the field? I think so because they didn't get to see him in preseason, even if it's for a half, maybe. I don't know. It all depends on their plan. I don't know exactly what they're doing. I mean, they drafted a quarterback, they traded I mean, up for a quarterback in the first yeah. round. I mean, Rogers said with maturity that in that in that same interview that the writing's obviously on the wall. Mm-hmm. That he knows that if this is a business and they have to look at their future, and he goes, "I wish I was going to be a Packer my whole career, but obviously it's not looking that way." Um, so it seems like he's admitting this is his last season, and he said he's not just going to give the starting job up. Obviously, he still wants to play, and he still thinks that he's the best quarterback in the league. That no one's going to take a job from him, but. Yeah. That he understands. So I'm I'm curious. I'm curious if the relationship with Matt LaFleur, who was the guy that he was kind of riding for, that he wanted, and him is still the same after LaFleur drafted a quarterback. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. It will be. Uh, so, But I don't think to... they're going to be that bad where they're going to have – I think they're going to be in playoff contention at the very least. So. I do too. I don't I don't think we'll see Jordan Love this year. I just wanted to pose what you guys would think – what you guys thought might happen in a uh, hypothetical situation. Yeah. What do you think, Stefan? Or Jordan Love? Yeah. If, also, if... in fantasy terms, is Jordan Love worth a 22nd pick? What team's he on again? The Packers, knowing that Rodgers is probably not going to be on the Packers next year? I don't think so, just based because I took Daniel Jones knowing that he was going to replace Eli that season. I don't see that happening because I see the Packers at least in contention for the playoffs. 
I know, but what it, do you like it as like a stash? I mean, like, really think about like you're taking your 22nd pick. Is that like really a player that's going to be like, man, I, I really need this player? Yeah, but are you going to be able to hold on to him all season? Not making points. That's the that's going to be the hardest move. Is yeah. To make the that you lost a roster spot doing that, knowing that you're going to keep him for next year, knowing that he's probably going to start next year. I was wondering that's not even I'm curious, I'm curious who's gonna make that move. I think somebody in our league might do that. I'm not you saying you I really, you really think Aaron Rod- they're gonna make the move to get like to not re-sign Aaron Rodgers next year or whatever. Or... Yeah, I do. I think they're ready to move on. I think there's signs not even just with his play. I think because they see it every day, just like Bill Belichick saw in Tom Brady, there's decline. I mean, you can hide it, but he's aging. And I think they're going to move on. Belichick wanted to move on. He had the plan in Jimmy G. Robert Kraft wouldn't allow it. Uh, now he got his wish and he's kind of screwed. I mean, well, he didn't get his wish. Now he's screwed because he didn't get to do his plan. Yeah. Now he's got Cam Newton, who, by the way, according to uh, the New England writers, is absolutely destroying Stidham and Camp. They wanted to say it was Belichick came out and said it was an open job, and all the beat writers said if it's an open job, then it's just Belichick throwing smoke out there. Yeah. (laughs) Jared Stenham has thrown eight interceptions in camp so far. Cam Newton's thrown zero. Well, we know Cam Newton has thrown interceptions once we get to the real. Yeah, to the real thing. I just wanted to hide the this idea that out of nowhere, just because it's the Patriots, Jarrett Stidham was going to become some good quarterback. That was never going to happen. He's not good. Just because it's the name. People just think whatever they throw out there is going to succeed. I mean, because the last three they threw out there were pretty decent. Three or four, actually. Matt Castle was good while he was there. But it proved, besides Matt Castle, who did move on to another team and sucked, the other two have proven to actually be good, though. Like, Jacoby Brissett was still successful at the Colts. He's legit good. Jimmy Garoppolo is still successful with the 49ers. He's really good. I thought that was my kid for a second. We're a family show. It's fine. Uh, I'll be back. You guys take over. All right. Let's go to the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> we got Kyler Murray still. <clears throat> DeAndre Hopkins they picked up with. They also got rid of. What's his face? Why can't I think of it? David Johnson picked up Kenyon Drake, who's questionable. Let's see what that's about. Uh, hurt as fuck. We'll see. Says not a big issue. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald still playing somehow. God. I remember remember watching him play versus Syracuse in the Dome (laughs) before I graduated high school. (laughs) Where was he from? Pitt or Notre Dame? Yeah, he he played at Pitt. So that just shows how old he is. He was drafted in the 2004 draft. Jeez. Coming uh, out of, that's, that's coming out of high school. Are we coming out of high school? 
Ridiculous. Uh, same team, too. That's just, let's, let's look at his stats. Let's just see what his career stats are. He still like, put up like good numbers last year. Yeah, he put up 867, 65 yards. 804 yards, excuse me. But he's not putting up like, like stud receiver numbers or like somebody that you want to, I don't know. I mean, still, he's never been known for a lot of yards. Uh, his most yards in a season was 1,431. I feel like he had a stretch, though, where he was putting up like over 1,000. There's more. Uh, yeah, from 2007 to 2011. But he also is known more for touchdowns because he's got 120 touchdown passes. Yeah. Last year was probably one of his least productive. But, I mean, he's also playing in all 16 games every season except one. Yeah. So between 2004 and 2019, he's played 250 games. Oh, he's two for four passing all time. He's got a touchdown in there, too. All right. Anyway, back to the Cardinals. Is he listed as their slot receiver? I think he's listed as their slot receiver. Might be. And, yep. They got Christian Kirk, DeAndre Hopkins, and then Larry Fitzgerald. Running it back. Uh, yeah, this is why we need Corey. <laughs> he talks with confidence about who's on their team. Uh, they went, how'd they go last year? They went 5 10 and 1 last year, but they seem to start clicking towards the like after their win against the Bengals. They seem to like click better. They only had like a couple bad games against really good teams. So teams that are like regular, I think they'll win. I could see them going seven and nine. Let's take a look at their schedule first before I make that claim. Who are they playing against? Uh, They got the East. So they're playing against the AFC and NFC East. It looks like. Nope. Just kidding. NFC West. So. Well, they are in the NFC West. Yeah, so they were the NFC East. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, I just saw two NFC East teams, so they got to be NFC East. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could see them still going 7-9 with that schedule. We don't know what the AFC East is really going to be about until we start seeing them play. Was that the AFC East, you said? Yeah. Same with the NFC East, honestly. But we'll get into that in a, I mean, a few realistically they would they'll probably lose to the Cowboys and the Eagles. Giants and Redskins they could be. AFC East is a crapshoot. Probably the only one I would really pick them to lose against is Buffalo, but that's at home, so they might win that. I don't know what the New England's gonna be like, so Yeah. I mean, a lot of their games, like I said, after that first one, they were in it most of the time. Yeah. 
Uh, moving on to the Rams, who are one of the two teams featured in Hard Knocks. Went nine and seven last year, including a shootout loss to Tampa Bay. That was a fun game to watch. Isn't that like a Thursday night game or something? No, it was like I think the prime time, not the prime time, but it was like the game of the week for the NFL on Fox. Oh, gotcha. That year. <laughs> Or last year, yeah. What was it? What was the final score? Fifty-five to forty. Jeez. Goff had five hundred and seventeen yards that game. I feel like this team is mainly based on if Goff can connect with his receivers. Because just looking at the schedule last year and his yardage, it was like up and down, like a roller coaster. So obviously, you got Goff at quarterback cam Akers is the new running back after they sent their running back packing i forgot where Gurley ended up atlanta right i don't know where he ended up i think he's in atlanta um then you got cup woods and who's josh reynolds is their third guy uh, I guess he's a draft pick from three years ago. So moving up in the depth chart, it looks like for him. Never heard of their tight end, Tyler Higby. Oh, he was not bad. He also was picked up four years ago in the draft. So they're drafting a lot of people that are staying around. Right. Uh, their defense, obviously, they picked up Jalen Ramsey last year. Um, Aaron Donald, a god among men, basically on the defensive side. Huh. Um, just, so we're watching Hard Knocks because the Chargers are on it, and uh-huh. I was just like, he is ridiculous. And then they showed a clip of him like swimming around the offensive line, and I was like, I don't even understand how they have such a bad offensive line getting to practice against like the best <laughs> guy <laughs> like yeah. you should be picking some moves up that you could stop or something mm-hmm. um yeah they finished nine and seven last year which equated to i think a third place fi- finish in the nfl uh west very competitive division How how you feeling about this team? Look, I got for their schedule. I'm trying to pull it up right now. Well, they got the uh, oh, they so they would have the same divisions, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'll give them a 10 and 6. I'll give them a slight improvement. 10 and 6. I mean, let's see here. Cowboys, maybe. Eagles win. Bills win. Giants win. Washington. Uh, Bears. Dolphins. Mm. Yeah, I could see them go 10 and 6. Wonder if we're gonna have that shootout again this time on Monday night with Tampa Bay. 
Brady yeah. versus Goff. That'd be kind of funny. All right, let's move on. Seattle? Yeah. Or San Fran. Or San Fran. We're going in alphabetical. Gotcha. Uh, San Francisco 49ers. (laughs) Team that almost won the Super Bowl. So close. Uh, Do you see the same thing happening? I mean, did they really change much? I don't think that they... I think that's a big key for this year, though. They didn't change much, and yeah. without preseason, you're going to have all these teams struggling early on with new systems right. and new coaches. So that might come into a factor. Let's see how yeah. they play against the first couple of weeks, because I think you're not going to see the true team playing until at least week five. Three, three to five, I think you're going to start to see really good football, and they play Arizona the Jets and the Giants. So, honestly, these three wins right there. <laughs> wow, the NFL not really doing the 49ers any favors either. They play at the Jets on September 20th, and then they play at the Giants September 27th. <laughs> so, they get to fly across country twice. Sure, they'll just stay out there. You would think, but who knows with COVID and everything. Right. I'm back. There he is. Wait, did I miss the whole West? No, we're just talking about the 49ers. I missed missed my uh, keepers team. What'd you guys say about the Cardinals? Uh, That they're going to, I think we said seven and nine, right? Your keepers team. Yeah, my, my fantasy keeper is on that team. Hello? Hi. My fantasy keeper is on that team. That's what I was saying, who, Steph. Who did you keep? DeAndre Hopkins. Ah. Yeah. And there's, there's no other people to throw to for Kyler Murray. Why other than Larry. It'll be the first time in a while Larry Fitzgerald's not getting double covered. I don't think either me or Kevin knew that DeAndre Hopkins was on the Cardinals. No, I said that. Oh, I did not hear you say that at all. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hear that. Yeah. Also, uh, the big hot sleeper that people are talking about is Kenyon Drake, the running back for the Cardinal. But uh, Kenyon Drake is injured, which I also find that's why it's weird that someone's using him as a keeper. But I can't pick everybody's keepers for them, so... Yeah, but it's just the foot. We went, we went through that. I went. I was like, "Why is he hurt?" And it said that his foot in Kingsbury feels confident that he'll be ready to start the season. So, yeah, but on top of that, Chase Edmonds performed better with less. Kenny Drake's established. Chase Edmonds is better, and probably gonna Drake's gonna lose his job. But like I said, to each their own. I mean, you should have kept Prescott. Why would I do that? Why not? That's your boy. I'd, only, I'd only gain one round of value on it. That's your boy. <laughs> uh, not well. We aren't. In, in your words and and how much you talk about, he's definitely a first round talent. We'll get there. Uh, we'll get. Yeah, that's why I'm not going to say anything. We're going to be there in like a little bit. 
two teams. Uh, we're just wrapping up the Rams. Okay. And yeah. All right. So let's move on to the Seahawks. <laughs> we just wrapped up the 49ers. Oh, the 49ers. Excuse me. Uh, let's go. We were just talking about how they're established and they're going to pop off like three. They didn't really make ones. any changes this year. So it should be just business as usual for them. Mm. What'd you guys feel about uh, Kevin Coleman now being relegated to the third running back? Did either of you know that? No. Okay. This is why we needed you. <laughs> um, Most, so in, is Raheem still there? Yeah, yeah Mostert has established himself as the starter and according to Shanahan um, will be the first and second down back and that leaves the third down option open, which Tevin Coleman can receive, but they love J.D. McKisson and they're going to use him. And there sounds like he's going to be the third down guy. So in our league, we're 10 yard, where you get a point for receiving yards every 10 yards. McKisson may hold some real late round sleeper value. McKinnon? I think it's J.D. McKisson? Or is it Jarek McKinnon there? Jarek McKinnon. Okay, Jarek McKinnon there. J.D. McKisson must be on another team, which they're doing the same thing with him. But yeah. I was going to say, I don't see a McKissin. Sorry. That might be on uh, Washington, which I think we're getting to as well. Yeah. Moving on to the last team in the West, the Seattle Seahawks. 11-5 and last year. They didn't really do much to improve their team. Um, they got Jamal Adams. Yeah. Improve. They already improved upon a decent defense. Uh, I mean, you got Bobby Wagner uh, and Jamal Adams. But as far as their offense, which is what we've been talking about, you got Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, uh, Carlos Hyde. uh, Pete Carroll has announced is the number two. So Rashad Penny, you suck. (laughs) The <laughs> uh, wide receivers are Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Philip Dorsett, all a very good receiving core. Lock- Lockett was uh, injured early in training camp, but he's full to go. He's he's worth taking. Then you have Greg Olson also at tight end. Uh, that's interesting. Russell has weapons this year. Panthers just get rid of everybody? Yeah. Yeah, Panthers are going to suck. <laughs> well, we got Christian McCaffrey at least. So just build yeah. yeah, I mean that is like the they clean one, house. That is the one I hate the idea of keeping a first round player, but I totally get why someone would keep him in the first round. Just remember, Stefan, they're making the Super Bowl this year, so otherwise yeah, you get fifty you're bucks you're each, right? right? That's, that, that's what the bet was. Fifty bucks each, yeah. Because yeah. we would have had to pay you a hundred or something like that. It's fair. Um, yeah, I don't think it, uh, I can't do math. Uh, whatever, there was a hundred dollars on the line. Hopefully, you can uh, win fantasy this year, so you got the funds to. Well, I got the extra cash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our conspiracy theory. So, what do we think about Seattle? Uh, with Russell. Defensive- their defensive line is hurting, but besides that, they have KJ Wright, Wagner, and Bruce Irvin at linebacker, and that's really good. And your backs are Shaquille Griffin, who's really good, Jamal Adams, 
Dunbar is good. Diggs is good. Their secondary is great. Their linebackers are great. Their defensive line is going to struggle to get to the quarterback. But But they'll do probably about the same. I'm going to say 11 and 5 again. I agree. I tend to stick with. But don't worry. They'll beat the Eagles because the Eagles, like, not beat them for whatever God knows reason. Well, can't we just not fantasy or any of that, just real life. Russell Wilson's a top three quarterback, probably. That's why nobody can beat them. Arguably <laughs> one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. He's he's a very smart quarterback. Creepy on social media, but on the football field, great player. And what I was going to say is I tend to, what for was, me, what when is he I'm thinking of good quarterback coach duos, I don't like to give them like bad records like for instance when we get to the eagles like doug peterson and once have been together for a while and have proven success so i would never say they're gonna suck ah he's mr unlimited that's right don't worry kevin will kevin will say it for you so what the eagles are gonna suck oh i don't have it on here hey guys uh russell here yes the typical boring yes russell the Mr. Unlimited. Who who's your role model, Russell? Unlimited. Who's your go-to person for advice, Russell? They think Pete Carroll, they think this person, think that person. Love you, Pete, but it's Mr. Unlimited. Tell him. Yeah. He's a weirdo. <laughs> yep. <coughs> so now that we've established that. What were your guys' ideas on the Rams? So uh, think- ten and six. They went nine and seven. Or something like that. Yeah. With this new third wild card, I think they're going to be fine. Alrighty. And then uh, Seahawks. I think they repeat eleven five. They always seem to find a way with Russell. Mr. Seahawks or Niners winning the division. Seahawks. I think they they learned from their mistakes last year. Yeah, I, I actually have Seattle as my Super Bowl favorite this year. Yeah, my old Niners. Fair. Fair too. These, their defense didn't change. They're the I mean, same exact team. I mean, these two teams have nice early season opponents where they're still trying to figure out their own teams. So. These are two established teams we're talking about that are going against like Seattle's got Atlanta, New England, Dallas, and uh, San Fran's got I forgot who their first one is, and then Jets and Giants. So they'll start off extremely hot. Yeah, the only thing that stinks with the Niners is they put they invested a lot in Brandon Ayuk, and now that he's going to miss considerable time. And Debo's going to miss time. You're left with George Kittle, which is great, but it's not hard to double team when they only have one guy. It's going to be tough for San Fran in yeah. the beginning. Once they get those two uh, wide receivers back, I think they're going to have a great year. All right. Jimmy. So Jimmy G worries me in the early stages of the season, by the way. <laughs> Jimmy G scares me all the time. Jimmy G is Jimmy Go. That's what the G stands for. So 
I know you you love you <laughs> Jimmy G and Kirk Cousins. He's so goat. He blew the Super Bowl lead. He's about as he's about as goaty as LeBron James. LeBron is goat. How about that? Eh, let me know when he wins a defensive player earlier. Well, okay. <laughs> Pretty sure he has. He hasn't. Pretty sure he should have. <laughs> he should have. Should have. <laughs> <laughs> I sh- I should have been a Fantasy millionaire champion. by now. I mean, probably not. But go ahead, go on with your nonsense. <laughs> All right. So where are we going? Where are we going? <laughs> on to the best team in the NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, the Dallas Cowboys. All right. <laughs> so you guys, uh, we lost got, so um, much. The tried and true. Uh, did we lose him? Yeah, he closed his laptop. <laughs> Is he still there or is he gone? I don't know. He struggled to get on in the first place, so let's hope he gets back. Uh, all right, go ahead. So we got Dak Prescott, obviously. Zeke, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and C.D. Lamb. Three really good receivers. Uh, C.D., obviously a rookie, so he's unproven, but the consensus was he was the most talented wide receiver in the whole draft it's just his route running left a little to be desired and then we get to see a full-time Blake Jarwin and you don't get to see the slow moving Jason Witten this year so that's an improvement but here is my problem with why I didn't take Dak Prescott with Stefan gone I won't now he won't know my inside information but uh Tyler excuse me uh, yeah Tyler Frederick the all pro center for the Dallas Cowboys announced his retirement this year. So you got a brand new Joe Looney filling in and Tyron Smith. Uh, they're one of the best left tackles and all of football is out for an extended amount of time. So you have a shit offensive line all of a sudden that was supposed to be good. I don't like that. I've seen Dak under pressure before and we saw we that. See, do we see Andy Dalton? come in i don't know but we saw two years ago what the offensive line looked like when it was bad because frederick had that spinal thing remember so Mm -hmm. he missed the whole season and deck was bad so i don't want to touch deck without that guy i have no interest in that and with tyron smith out too i really have no interest in it zeke now becomes drops out of the top five running backs for me i don't want to touch that team so yeah i'm good that's where i'm at with it <laughs> the defense too now i mean the the dallas defense was looking good your boy gerald mccoy is out for the whole year uh he was supposed to be on dallas the everson griffin pickup looks good now they still have don terry poe and demarcus lawrence uh all good jalen smith vander ash good sean lee still there they picked up clinton Dix is good uh rumor is they may even go get earl thomas Dallas defense should be good, better, but now their offense is going to regress, in my opinion. So they're going to be about what they were last year. Uh. They, they upped what, what sucked, and they're going to regress where they were good. So it's the same outcome, in, in my opinion. They're like an 8 and 18. They're a push. Agreed. 
You heard it all, huh? Heard it all. <laughs> he just heard what he had to hear. Eight and eighteen. Eight and eighteen. That's all I needed to hear. Perfect. It's weird how you win a division at eight and eight, but I guess that'll happen. I don't have them winning the division. I was the best team in the NFC, so that's. Stefan can't take jokes anymore. Eight. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to the, on to the I real. Gave, I gave chance. my whole reasoning to Kevin. You'll have to uh, watch the podcast back. On to the real champs, the Giants. The Giants. <laughs> this will be great. Uh, four uh, and twelve uh, last year. That's it. <laughs> Daniel Jones at quarterback who had a pretty good rookie year. Uh, Saquon Barkley uh, paired with Deion Lewis now, so that's interesting. Uh, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, and Corey Coleman as the wide receivers. Evan Ingram, always a good tight end when healthy, but fantasy-wise, you're only going to get three games out of him, so you got to value that. Um, Their defense, big pickup, Leonard Williams, superstar defensive end, very good move. Marcus Golden, great outside linebacker. Uh, Blake Martinez in the middle, great pickup by the Giants. Uh, Jabril Peppers now, his second year as a safety. A lot of people think he'll improve. He had a pretty good first year with them. Uh, he came from Cleveland in the when they lost uh, what's his name Landon Collins. They went and they picked up Peppers, who's good. Uh, so their defense is okay. Their offense has a lot to be desired. I don't know if I really like um, Sterling Shepard as my number one, but I to me they're like a six and ten team. Who did they play this year? Oh, five and 11. Yeah, somewhere in there. <clears throat> I mean, they got the NFC North, so and they've got a great running back. We all know that, but I just don't yeah. think I don't think Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones is a good quarterback. I really wasn't sold on him in the beginning, but I think he looked really he had some good, promising moments. That's what I was going to say. Like, at first, I didn't believe him, and then I was like, ah, like, they're just playing from behind, so he's getting all these stats. But as you look into it and you actually watch the tape, they were in games, and he was making big plays, like, in games when it mattered. And that's when I became impressed. I was like, okay, he's legit. He's good. They just – I just feel like they didn't get him a lot of help. Yeah. Yeah. They need receivings. I know Golden Tate's good, but he's getting old. Yeah. And I know Sterling Shepard's good when healthy, but that's tough. I, just, I don't think Sterling Shepard could be a number one receiver either. Like I think he's a good number two, even even a slot. But exactly, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Sounds sounds like we're all on board with the Giants. Mm-hmm. Sounds like we're all on board with the Cowboys. As Stefan came in last second, just at eight and eight. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles eight and eight. Yep. I was hoping you guys didn't talk about the Eagles. I was like, oh. I didn't yeah. know how much I missed. I don't know if you guys flew through the Cowboys and run to the Eagles. All right. Do you want it? Do you want to go with uh, the team that is now named Washington? Uh, we'll, we'll just do alphabetical. Well, so we'll go well, with Philly. Washington Football Team. So you want to go? Okay, we're going with Philly. 
Storing alphabet. Right. You got Carson Wentz at quarterback. Is he any good? Pretty good. Uh, you got Miles Sanders, who just got hurt in camp. Uh, could miss a couple weeks, which makes Boston Scott interesting. Uh, Stefan, you know more about Boston Scott. I heard he's a good receiving running back. What's your take on him? I mean, he had a good stretch last year where he uh, was very surprisingly good. Uh, Kind of came out of nowhere. Nobody really heard of him. Um, So, I mean, I'm not – I'm definitely glad they hung on to him because they had a whole bunch of running backs at the end of last year. Is your uh, take on Miles Sanders now um, that he could miss week one or week two? Do you drop him on your fantasy radar or do you still grab him as some people have him going as early as the top, as a top 10 running back. Would you still bite on that? What, what's the injury even? What is the injury? I believe a groin. Ah, those ones linger. Usually I don't like groin ones. <laughs> Groins and hammies, I feel like, are like the worst, especially with like people that like rely on their speed. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely relying on his speed and cutting. It's a bummer too, because I actually like. Uh, obviously, whoever the Penn State running back coach is knows what he's doing because right. Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders have looked great coming out of there. Yeah. So I kind of was high on Miles Sanders because of that. It seems like they're getting good coaching there and coming in and just being good right away. Right. Uh, so the injury, yeah, worries me a little bit too. I don't like leg injuries on a running back. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, uh, so anyway, all right, his injury is lower body apparently. Low, lower body. Okay. <laughs> doesn't release. Well, somewhere down there. He's listed as week to week. So, so you have Elshon jo- Jeffrey, who's out. He will not be playing this year. Uh, you have Deshaun Jackson. And Jalen Rager, and uh, because of Stefan being a, I'll consider him an okay friend of mine. I pay attention to the Eagles a little bit, and I've been paying attention to the beat writers. Uh, the Jalen Rager hype train is full go. Uh, he's been killing it in camp. Uh, everyone's super impressed with him. Um, I just felt like I had to bring it up because I was dissing the draft pick i know to stefan a little bit and i probably i'm gonna have to eat my words if what everyone's saying is true uh jalen rager i wasn't really high on the draft pick either to be honest uh, jalen rager i guess looks really good and then um dallas godert isn't that how you pronounce it uh is dealing with a little bit of injuries but he's gonna be there week one and uh zach Ertz, obviously who's the number one tight end uh i just brought up godert first because every year i hear in philly uh, they got a couple weapons. It shouldn't all be on Ertz. And then all the pieces fall apart, and it's all on Ertz every year. And, and I think that's why I'm always high on Ertz in fantasy because just Philly somehow falls apart, and it's up to Zach to do it and yeah. Carson. It's yeah. always Wentz and Ertz. So I'm always high on either one of those two for fantasy. Even when Wentz went down and Ertz was still good, it was still Foles and Ertz. Right. Mm-hmm. I know. It's Ertz just – uh, always has to take on such a load, a workload that makes him so fantasy relevant and just really good in real life on top of that. Uh, your defense, I'll just name a few names. I know you know these people. Uh, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Derek Barnett, all great. Darius Slay, the big 
pickup uh, yeah. at corner. Yeah. <clears throat> so the Eagles have improved a little bit on their defense, and I do think their offense is good if it can just freaking stay healthy. That was the big thing last year. They lost like what, like all their receivers? Yeah, basically. It's and last year their defense was good. their defense is good. We know that yeah. about them. It's it, is can their offense stay healthy and can Carson Wentz stay healthy? Um, I will bring up, even though I don't think he's going to see the field very much, uh, they did draft Jalen Hurts pretty early, a second rounder, right? Mm-hmm. So you may see some wildcat or some unique uh, line formations with him. I don't think he'll be fantasy relevant whatsoever, but in real life, I think yeah. uh, it could be interesting. They could do I some stuff. I, yeah, I could see that for sure. Oof. I think the pressure is on with my picks because I've been right about the Eagles the last two years. <laughs> yeah. Last year we had the bet, obviously, and they just snuck in at nine and seven for me able to get that money from Stefan. And uh, <clears throat> then the year before, I think I called their record too, but that was just picking wins and losses. <sighs> I think they go 10 and six. I'm going to say 10 and six this year. Just looking at their schedule. I'm yep. going to be, I'm going to go second. I'll let Stefan uh, anchor it. I'm going to be really high on them this year because I think the NFC East is weak. Um, besides them, I'm going to go 11 and five. I'll go one higher and I'll say 12 and four. Damn. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> All right. All right. That rounds us out with what I view personally as the most interesting team in the NFC East. The dumpster fire known as Washington football. Washington. Uh, you have Dwayne Haskins at quarterback for now. Uh, Alex Smith looking good in camp, but he's not taking hits. So what? how good is he really? Here's where it gets super interesting. Adrian Peterson at running back, but he's aging and Antonio Gibson in limited carries in college had absurd statistics. Uh, and in camp, he is killing it. Uh, I don't know if Adrian Peterson is going to have the starting job for very long. And also this is the team with JD McKissick has also killing it. Uh, they said Adrian Peterson is showing his age in camp, but Ron Rivera likes a guy that is proven in the league and will not uh, supplant Adrian Peterson just yet. But people in your fantasy leagues, stay clear of Adrian Peterson. I'm warning you, he won't be there all year. Stay he clear won't. of any of these backs, honestly. because The you next don't know. one is Terry McLaurin, who finished as a top 10 wide receiver fantasy-wise as a rookie. And there's not a lot to take targets away from. Hopefully, Dwayne Haskins improves. And Terry McLaurin will get even more fantasy relevance. I know a lot of people are high on him. I'm just steering clear because I don't like Dwayne Haskins. I did in college, but I just don't think he's going to be an NFL quarterback. This team. And then the wide receivers are bad. Steve Sims Jr., Dontrell Inman, I'm not huge fans of. Um, Logan Thomas as your tight end isn't much. Your defense, though, is interesting. Ryan Kerrigan, really good. Montez Sweat. Very good rookie last year. Chase Young projected to be rookie of the year defensively. Um, then you have Thomas Davis, who's very good. Ruben Foster is very good. 
Uh, and then D, and then your backfield, Sean Davis, Landon Collins, Kendall Fuller, all good. Washington's defense is super solid. Their offense is probably the worst in the league. All about the D. So about the D. So what are we feeling with that? How bad is this offense going to hurt them? And how four good and can, twelve? How long can this defense hold up? I think it's a Tampa Bay situation where if your offense can't stay on the field, you're going to have issues because your defense is going to get tired. I agree. So I, I don't did see you, him doing did better. You, than who said four and twelve? Because I totally agree with that. <laughs> Me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm feeling like a two and fourteen kind of season. That bad? Yeah. Even so, with their schedule. Yeah. So with that, you feel that uh. They're looking if Haskins stinks, they're looking at Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Not good. I'd be super pissed if that's where he ends up. <laughs> where quarterbacks go to die. Yeah. I do not want him there. What before we move on to uh the NFC South, if you had <clears throat> the opportunity not to play anywhere. What teams are on your list? We got Cleveland, Detroit, and Washington. Any other teams, really? New York Jets. The Jets, you think? For me, personally. Uh, there's certain franchises I just don't like. The Jets and the Browns. And I wouldn't want to play in Jacksonville ever. Um... I hate Washington. If they have a complete rebrand, I may change my mind, but right now I still am not a fan. Yeah. What stinks with the Lions is I like them, and they always suck and they rip my heart out because they always have good players too. And they always do something to mess it up with those yeah. good players. Yeah. They had Barry Sanders and Kelvin Johnson probably both in the top five ever at their positions, and they sucked. Well, those players didn't suck, but the Lions sucked. Yeah. I just don't get it. And they both retired early because they were tired. Yeah, they both retired early because of it. (laughs) It's just a waste. It's a wasteland there. It's sad. I also don't like the Bears, but they are a historically good franchise. And Chicago has the third biggest uh, market. So I know a lot of people like to go there. All right. Stefan, any team that he didn't say? <laughs> any team that he didn't say? Yeah. No, I don't got any other teams. All right. On to the south, then. We I'm surprised he didn't say the Cowboys. Yeah. I gave him the opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> I figured he'd say that right away. I would never Cowboys. <laughs> Fuck the Cowboys. But if they're going to pay him $10 million, right. <laughs> Anyway, moving on to Atlanta. Maddie Ice. Atlanta, you got... So, I have a question right out the gate, honestly. Is Matt Ryan a Hall of Famer? He's one of those, like, fifth-year ballot-type guys that sneak in, I think. He's a former league MVP. He's made it to the Super Bowl. His stats are pretty decent. Isn't he already in the Super Bowl for biggest blown lead? Yeah. (laughs) I just, it's weird when I say it out loud because I don't view Matt Ryan as a Hall of Famer. 
but everything kind of suggests that he is one. I mean, we'll have to see where the league's at when he retires, too, because if it's still a passing league and he's getting outpassed by Mahomes and Jackson and stuff, I don't know. It's just weird to me, too. Like, he was in the same draft as Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco mm-hmm. is all but out of the league, but he was a Super Bowl champ and a Super Bowl MVP. And Matt Ryan isn't either of those things, but Matt Ryan's the Hall of Famer and Joe Flacco's in nothing. Yeah. It's interesting. Anyways, running back, Todd Gurley, Ito Smith and Brian Hill supposedly in camp have zero shot of even getting many reps on the field with Todd Gurley. Sounds like he's going to be the every down back, all three downs. Um, They are looking to throw to him more, though, than running. They are trying to give him around 15 carries a game, but get him heavily involved in the passing, which is really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Um, He had 14 touchdowns last year. Just want to give some fantasy knowledge. But as I let Stefan know earlier in our talk, the Rams had odd luck with their receivers being tackled at the one yard line, which led to a lot of girly touchdowns. So be wary when you see 14 touchdowns for Todd Gurley last year, that was abnormal. He's not going to get all those chances at the one yard line. I will say he had a hundred percent rate of punching a touchdown in at the one yard line though, which is really, really good. Uh, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. And I'm hearing Laquan Treadwell is the third. Uh, so that's an interesting receiving core. Uh, the big move, Hayden Hurst uh, for tight end. They lost Har- Austin Hooper, but they kind of got a similar player in Hurst. And their defense is definitely anchored by Grady Jarrett and Dante Fowler Jr. Um, they have a couple good linebackers with Buchanan and Deion Jones. And then their uh, secondary is very good. Keanu Neal and Kazee as their safeties and their uh, first round draft pick AJ Terrell or Terrell, excuse me, uh, put out some video of him guarding in full pads and everything. Julio Jones one on one, and out of five routes, he only let him catch one. He actually uh, stopped a couple deflections. Uh, Matt Ryan said the kid is incredible. And AJ Terrell said, Who better to learn guarding in camp than Julio Jones all season? Because the rest of the year is just going to get easier for me from there because I won't have to guard that guy. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, the The Falcons defense could be surprisingly good this year. Man. I'm not, I personally going into the season wasn't that high on the Falcons, but they've made some moves where I'm more willing to put them at like eight and eight. Hold on, I'm looking at <clears throat> their record last year. And six. They went seven and nine last year. I see him going seven and nine again. Right. I have them one game better. I think they yeah. made a one game improvement. I just don't see any improvement until they get a new head coach there. I think that's their <laughs> issue is their coaching. Do you think Todd Gurley's knees are really shot, even though he's only 25 years old? Do you think it's done? Uh, I mean, the turf's not going to help. Fair. And their play, we we discussed that with the best receiver, they're going to be playing at least nine games on turf this season. We'll see if they ten. If you got, if you guys were building a a football team, <coughs> not fantasy wise, real life wise, is Julio Jones your number one receiver? Do you think he's the best receiver in the league? No. 
Okay. I don't even know if he's on my top five now. Death and you? Is Todd Gurley we're still talking about? No, yeah. Julio, Jones, Julio Jones. If you were to build a team, you can have anybody you want. Do you think Julio Jones is the best receiver in the league? Like, is he that guy? Is he the guy you would want first? Well, I mean... Because I only asked because if you were to... I feel like his age, no, he's not. Fair. He's 30. Yeah. He's going to decline soon. If it was him at the prime, I would probably take him, yeah. But at this point, his career, no. Okay. At some point... I don't don't think I would either, but I'm hearing like a lot of like... uh the analysts supposedly they all think that he's the best like prototypical wide receiver there is his size his strength his speed everything his hands his route running that he's the most complete but i don't know if i he's probably the most complete but i don't know if that necessarily translates like tyree kill blows defenses open now Mm. it's that whole like michael thomas conversation we had where would you take him Right, Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins are easily the two best route runners in the whole league. I was going to say, DeAndre Hopkins, who's probably never had a great quarterback in his life. Yeah, and then his last two years, he's put up stud numbers with Deshaun Watson, which isn't surprising. Uh, Did you lose, Corey? Uh, no. <laughs> we were almost done. Did his battery die? I guess my guess is his battery died. <laughs> yeah, like his name keeps flashing. And it's like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, let's move on to Carolina while we wait. Uh, so Atlanta drafted. Or yeah, excuse me, Atlanta. Uh, Carolina picked up Teddy Bridgewater. They re-signed Christian McCaffrey to a long-term deal. He's the one I think might get hurt this year, honestly, with that long-term deal. <laughs> He's one, yeah. yeah. Usually when a running back gets a long-term deal, something happens to him, I feel. Uh, I think that's my my uh, prediction of the year. I also feel like he's going to be getting a lot of use this year. Mm-hmm. They don't really have much else. Uh, they have DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Chris Sam- Curtis Samuel as their receivers. And Ian Thomas as their tight end, as we discovered that uh, Olsen is gone. On their defense, I'm not recognizing any of these names. Eli Apple is their quarterback. Oh, Corey coming back with the iPhone. All right, all right. No cool background with the iPhone. No cool background with the iPhone. Well... My laptop just died, so this is what yeah, I got. That's what we figured. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Carolina. <laughs> They're going to improve it all with no no Cam, no Olsen. And then now that I don't have both things available to me, I'm, uh, I think they have DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously McCaffrey still. Their offensive line is weak. Uh, can Teddy Bridgewater even hold up a whole season? I don't know. That's what I was questioning if McCaffrey can stay healthy, stay too. Uh, He's got the I, new big contract. So Obviously, I was high on the Panthers these next two years, and I thought 
with a healthy Cam Newton, they were headed into a good direction because uh, they started to actually give them some talent with DJ Moore and people, and then they decided to cut them. So now I'm low on the Panthers. Um, they're still winning that Super Bowl, so they're still gonna get there and give it's me the fix, man. Soft fix, you know, fix. you know how it is. Um. <laughs> well, now I got the Panthers. I like. I think the Panthers are gonna be bad, like five and eleven, bad. How do the they same make as last year. How do they make Super Bowl five and eleven? Because it's rigged. So everyone's <laughs> gonna quit except the Panthers. <laughs> They're gonna go eleven and five. Everybody's gonna quit because of COVID. Panthers yeah. are gonna be like, nah, we want to keep playing, and they yep. found the winners. They're like, all right, Super Bowl champs. We're the only one left. <laughs> even the Redskins dropped out. Yeah, even Washington's <laughs> like, yeah, fuck this. Or excuse me, Washington. Yeah. Oh god! So that's how that's gonna happen. I hope this puts to rest your conspiracy theory. No, he just needs a better insider. That's all. <laughs> Not someone in the hiring of BMW employees. Not even hiring temp agency. <laughs> Uh, I'm so glad that they just got that bad for you this year. <laughs> it was so they're not even going to make the playoffs. Not, but... not only was she wrong, she was like the complete opposite. Yeah, like they probably they have potential to be the worst team in the league. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, DJ Moore. I actually like him too, but his team's going to suck this year. I'll probably get like uh, I'll give him four wins. <laughs> Okay, moving on. Who else we got? New Orleans. Drew Brees, Elton Kamara. Uh, big pickup with Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Thomas. Uh, Stefan knows all about this tight end because he had surprising fantasy relevance. Jared Cook. Um, Cam- what else? What they do on defense? Uh, they got Cameron Jordan. Okay. Their big pickup last year was Demario Davis. Do they still have him? Yeah. I'm trying to recognize. Oh, Marshawn Lattimore at cornerback. Yep. Um, Jenkins is the other one. Janoris Jenkins, and then they also have M- Malcolm Jenkins as safety. So that's right. gonna get confusing watching that game. Who's uh, who's the two running back for them? Uh, Latavius Murray. Definitely want to handcuff Kamara if you're gonna draft him. He just always gets hurt. He's super good when he's on the field, though. Mm. Murray last year had 637 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah, which is a good cuff. Uh, It's a good uh, third back if you're looking for some depth to your fantasy team. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm still super high on the Saints. I I know they're trying to get one before Breeze is out, and I know that's going to happen really soon. But then the next two years... So, I'm going to go 11-5. and five. I like the Emmanuel Sanders pickup. Uh, I don't know if Drew Reese has had two top receivers like this in quite a while. And Michael Thomas can't be double-teamed now. Uh, so, that's interesting. They went 13-3 and three last year. 
I'm going to go 12 and 4. Breeze was out for six games last year. Yeah. And Bridgewater went undefeated, didn't he? he no. He lost the first one and then went the rest, won the rest. Um, Just shows how good the Saints' uh, whole roster is. I'll say 12 and 4 also. I'll say 11 and 5. I think they're going to compete for the division title. Let's go that way. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's theirs to lose. How about that? So do I. I think there's another team that has yet to be mentioned that's going to try to take it from them. But going in, I think the Saints should be the favorite. The Saints didn't lose too much or didn't add too much. So it's pretty much the same team going off of that theory that we had earlier this last two podcasts of the teams that are together from last year we head into Tampa with a new quarterback new old quarterback Mr. Tampa Tampa Brady so you got Tom Brady uh, big news in camp not sure how much you've been reading is Ronald Jones looks really good um, but there's obviously going to be a lot of openings now. Yeah. There's people worried about the receiving, especially now with Tom Brady more so. Uh, stuff should be open for Ronald Jones. And Tom Brady likes to do little dump-offs, so I heard uh, Vaughn has some fantasy relevance too. Oh, I was going to uh, say, what about McCoy? Um, I don't know what he'll be. I find it weird that the Chiefs couldn't even find a way to use him, and they're a great offensive team. I don't know how t- how Tampa Bay is going to find a way. Um, then obviously probably the best two receivers, I will say. Best receiving uh, duo. Best receiving duo. I think the whole core Dallas has something to say with that. But the duo. Proven uh, duos. How about that? Best proven duo, Evans and Godwin for sure. Um, who's their third? Scotty Miller right now. And then the tight end is a uh, three set. O.J. Howard, uh, Rob Gronk, and they have Brate still, right, or no? Correct. Correct. So that's interesting because Brady loves his two tight end sets. I wonder if uh, Bruce will throw that out there for him. Yeah. I th- imagine having to guard Gronk, O.J. Howard, <laughs> Evans, and Godwin. Mm-hmm. And then you have Jones in the backfield. That's scary. I feel, especially with the two tight end set, having O.J. Howard, because I feel like he was forgotten about by Winston. And he had a horrible year and after everyone thought he would have a breakout last year. But I think he may be one of those fantasy players that skips a year. Yeah. Uh, and I think this year could be the breakout because I heard in camp Rob Gronkowski is only being used in goal line situations and has looked incredibly slow, which doesn't surprise me. So to me, he has no fantasy relevance because I don't like to rely on somebody just getting touchdowns because that's not – you have to go with usage. You can't just guess touchdowns. That's complete luck. Yeah. I want the player that's going to get the most receptions, and that's probably going to be O.J. Howard. He's definitely proven that he can take the ball 70-plus yards. Correct. Howard's a bum. Sorry. <laughs> uh, then you got Indomic Sue, Vita Bea. 
for your defensive line, uh, Pierre Paul, outside linebacker, Devin White and Levante David as your inside linebackers. One of Check. the better duos in the league. Yeah. Um, Devin White, probably one of the most uh, surpri- biggest surprises from last year's draft. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Who'd you guys draft this year? Off of Werfs. the lineman? Werfs, yeah. Right, right. He was worth it. Uh, the biggest question for me in Tampa Bay is their secondary. Uh, Davis, it's a very young secondary with Murphy Bunting and Davis as your two cornerbacks. I uh, think their secondary is weak, but I think that's why they have a line kind of set up to get to the quarterback, uh, yeah. especially in the interior of that line. No one's going to run on them. Let's go that way. Their linebackers and the uh, defensive tackles are incredible. Um you're going to have to pass on ta- on Tampa Bay, which is honestly what Bruce Arians wants you to do because if he can get into a high-speed game of who can score more, I think he likes his chances. Um, leaving that, my only fear is age. I don't like that, t- that Tom is so old. But if he could stay healthy, they should be great. Trying to see who their backup is. Blaine Gabbert, that's right. Ryan Giffen got, Griffin got moved to the third. So. So what? What's everyone think? Uh, Stefan's ruining this by getting up. Um, you can go first. You're not gonna sway my pick, so. Stefan talking. No, Stefan left. Oh. <laughs> he got up. Uh, what well, is he gone just for good? No, he's back. Uh, um he just got up to go to the bathroom. I I'm got guessing. since I had uh yeah. the Saints at uh twelve and four, I'm I'm gonna stick with my original. I'm gonna go Tampa Bay at ten and six. Um I think they're good. I just it's hard for me. I've seen super teams built before and it not work. Well, well, who's calling this a super team? Nobody said it yet, but you know they're all thinking it. Lots of people think this is a super team. They learned from Vince Young. Don't say it. Don't yeah. say it. Don't call <laughs> it a dream team. It, but don't this say is it. the greatest receivers Tom Brady's ever had. This defense is really good. Do you see what they did last year? This is a super team. And people don't want to just go like because of what's happened in the past and just say, this team's going undefeated. This team's going to dominate. So they're trying to keep expectations realistic, but I still think their roster is very good. Yes. But now that we've gone through other teams, there's other teams with just as good of rosters. And I think the saints are like one of them. They're going to compete. So I'm just going to pick the saints, like a, a couple games ahead at 12 and four, them at 10 and six, but I could be, it could flip. Could be the other way. I'm just going to go 10 and 6. Or it could be 11 5, 11 5. Could be. I think those teams are in that range. I don't think anyone's going undefeated. Let's put that, let's go that route. Yes. Especially against each other. Are they, in my opinion, they're probably going to split. Home and home. Home and home. Yeah. But I love it. I love the opportunity now to see Drew Brees and Tom Brady play twice a year. 
All right, Stefan, your pick. I'm going to say nine to seven. What don't you like about him? I think I I just find it funny that like, especially you, Corey, you talk about like quarterbacks aging and stuff and how Tom Brady's aging and everything. Now he goes to this team and all of a sudden like he's putting Tampa Bay like over. What was what was Tampa Bay last year? They were seven and nine, right? Seven yeah. And nine. So I gave him a three-win differential from Jameis Winston to Tom Brady. That's not a huge jump. That's not huge, no. But you're but you're also saying that there's a possibility they could go twelve and four. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty big jump. Yeah. yeah. I you know what it is, is I'll defend myself a little bit. I do think Tom Brady's aging, but I will give the people that are saying I was wrong about the aging a little credit, and it was more New England didn't have that much. Because now that I looked at rosters, I kind of agree that New England doesn't have much there. So I think Cam Newton's going to struggle. You weren't here for the AFC, but I don't think New England's going to be very great. Uh, I think Buffalo should run away with that division. I don't think New England, Miami, or the Jets are very good. I mean, Buffalo, but anyway, I mean, Buffalo doesn't, I feel like Buffalo doesn't have to do much. They could probably go right. easily 10 and 6, 9 and 7 right. for the division. Right. And so I'm saying Tom Brady, while aging, is going to have a lot of weapons uh, that helps helps hide. Um, so I'm going to go that route. That's why I just gave him three games. If they go 12 and four, then I'm completely wrong, and I'm going to say Tom Brady looks really good all year. And we'll see. We'll see if he really does look that good. I just think it's hard but to bring that in. Suggests a lot of that he's not I, that. Good. I think it's hard to bring in a lot of new pieces and and get everybody on the same page. I've seen the Eagles try to do it before and it didn't well, work out. No off season, no real one, no real preseason. Yeah, yeah. So, I just I think they're going to struggle a little bit. I think they have the talent to do it, which I think the Eagles, when they brought in all their players that one year, had the talent to do it, but they just couldn't put it together. Yeah. Oh. So Stefan's nine and seven, Corey's ten and six. Before I give my record, <clears throat> you guys were talking about bringing Tom Brady in and how he's aging and stuff. My biggest complaint all year last year was how Jameis Winston turned the ball over. 30 interceptions for Jameis Winston for a team that had a really good defense. Uh often overlooked how good his, the defense was because they were made to look bad by Jameis Winston throwing in his own area, the defense's own side of the field. So it was very hard to gauge just how good that defense will be. Tom Brady only threw eight interceptions. I don't know how many times he fumbled it, but I can probably bet you it's not as many times as Jameis Winston. Uh, with that said, we're looking at what a thousand yards difference throwing six no nine less touchdown passes. I feel like as long as Tom Brady doesn't turn the ball over, this is gonna be a better team. And I can easily see Corey's ten and six. But I always like to shoot high with my Buccaneers and I'm going twelve and four. That's why I went eleven five with the Saints, because I think they're gonna win the division. I think uh with Tom Brady, as long as that offensive line can hold long enough for him to get rid of the ball and him not to get sacked, I think they'll – and him not to turn the ball over, 
That's the biggest thing. If they turn the ball over, they're going seven nine again. I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> if he has anything resembling last season type numbers, I think they go twelve and four. Okay, that's fair. But if he throws thirty interceptions, I'm burning all the Brady jerseys. I'm buying them and I'm burning them. <laughs> He'll never do that. Um, he's not that dumb. Yeah, he just wouldn't throw the ball. Yeah, he just won't do that. He might take 30-plus sacks. He might get injured, but... might get yeah. injured. Whatever. So there you have it. NFC 2020. Super Bowl champs. Two-time. Eagles? Yeah, you're right. No, Tampa. Two-time. Eagles, two-time. You can say that now. Two-time NFL. Super Bowl champs. Yeah. I like the ring of that. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, um, on that. I got this this two-hour podcast is done. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Later. I'll see you guys. Yeah.